Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's actually funny because it still happens. As long as I've been in this business, I still have people, even in the last few hours, who accuse me of A, hating the Bills, and B, hating the Browns. (laughs) That's how it goes with passionate fan bases. They get lost in their emotions and no one's ever accused a sports fan of of being logical or rational or sane uh, in the throes of emotion and the heat of the moment. So yes, I I take it. I get it. Uh, What you really want to do is take it out on someone. Uh, It's, it's misplaced aggression. That's what it is when it comes from sports fans. Honestly, I really do not care who wins or loses. I'm always looking at storylines and trying to come up with new angles and human interest elements to the story. I love redemption stories. I just love good stories. And we get so many in sports. It's never the same, which is also one of my favorite things about the job, which is why we have an extraordinary category from the sports world where only... The most astounding developments find themselves. Things we've never seen before. Well, this weekend in the NFL certainly was that. Now that we have Monday Night Football in the books, I was going to say the dust has settled, but I'm not sure it has yet. (laughs) I think there's still plenty of fallout to come. There's plenty of ashes, actually, after the Bills crashed and burned to the ground. There's still ash flying around. But after Monday Night Football, the final numbers are this. 11 of 14 NFL games this weekend, week 10, were decided by a single score. Eight points or fewer. 11 of them. Most of them were decided by 3, 4, 2, 1 points. And six of them, including Monday Night Football, were settled by a jump-around field goal. That's what I call the walk-offs. Walk-off is boring. They don't actually walk. They jump. They leap. They raise their kicker into the air. (laughs) So the jump around field goals. Six games, including Monday night. But as Josh Allen said afterwards, it never should have gotten to that point. And he is right. The Buffalo Bills have no one to blame but themselves. You play with fire. To continue my burn down analogy, you play with fire, you are going to see something burn. 
eventually. And the Bills are now sitting at five and five. You could argue from now until the cows come home that they're better than their record says, but that doesn't matter. Or they should be better than the record says, but that doesn't matter. You are what your record says you are. And they have so many mistakes and miscues and mishaps. They have zero margin for error. In years past, this was a team that could screw up on one play and come back and find redemption the very next drive. That's not who they are anymore. They're careless. Careless and undisciplined are the two words that come to mind when I think about this version of the Buffalo Bills. It's not a lack of heart. It's not a lack of effort. Though sometimes I think teams that are really good and have had a lot of success like the Bills have, I think they can get in that space where they think, ah, well, no matter what we do, we can make up for it. Or we just show up. We're talented. We're aggressive. We're athletic. We're great. We'll just show up and that's what wins the games. Again, I, I don't think it's a lack of heart or desire. I think at times we see them a little tight now. The idea of caving under the weight of their own pressure was brought up to Sean McDermott following the game, and he said, ah, I don't see any of that. And it's it's a hard thing to measure, right? It's, pressure's an intangible. It's an intangible weight. You kind of know it when you see it. But in the moment, a team doesn't recognize that's what's happening. After the fact, they might talk about pressure. But this team has been in so many big situations. It really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And maybe that is the answer. When I say to you, how do you explain the Buffalo Bills? Maybe your response is, I can't. But there are a few measure measurable metrics, measurable gauges. There are a few ways that you can explain what's happening with the Bills. One of those is turnovers. And while you can look at their game against Bronco, the Broncos on Monday night and say, ah, they only gave up six points off the four turnovers. Well, yay for the defense. That's exceptional considering that the defense is missing several major pieces, key pieces. To limit a team to just six points, two field goals after four turnovers is massive. Problem is those are four possessions that the Bills came up empty and didn't have the chance to score. Another metric to look at is how slow they start out in games, even at home. Maybe the crowd was nervous. It didn't seem like a crowd that's typical of Bills Mafia or Highmark Stadium, what we're used to. Maybe there is an edginess to it, an oblique component to it, recognizing that this feeling's all too familiar kind of tension, this edginess. But another metric that you can measure is how few points they score in the first quarter. Part of the issue is your very first drive, your very first snap of your very first drive is a fumble. 
That's not optimal. And in the first half alone, mistake after mistake that takes your opportunities and hands them to the other team. 25-yard line, shotgun snap to Josh Allen, sets up, packs his right arm, throws far sideline, intercepted, picked off by Moreau, leaping, two-headed grab at the 50, goes down the sideline to the 40 and out of bounds. Another turnover by Buffalo. Second interception thrown by Allen, third in the first half, turnover's the problem, Ross addressed it before the game, and Denver's going to get it with 37 seconds to go, and the ball will be placed inside the 35, inside the 35-yard line of the Bills at the 31. They couldn't even get off the field. One minute to go. They couldn't even get off the field. Another interception, third turnover, as you're here with Kevin Harlan on Westwood One with just 37 seconds left in the half. They start the half with a turnover, they end the half with a turnover. Now, they did tie the game. And maybe at that point could take a deep breath and exhale and think, all right, we avoided the worst of it. And in that moment, it's true. You commit three turnovers in the first half, but in the third quarter, you're able to tie the game. Oh, yeah, you definitely dodged a bullet. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. How do you explain the Bills? On Twitter, A-Law Radio, also on our Facebook page, we actually put the post up just to see what kind of reaction we could get. In the third quarter, Josh Allen has a botched handoff with his running back, James Cook, and that's his third turnover. It is charged to Josh. It's just, again, inexplicable, careless, and lack of discipline. Denver does go three and out, though, and so it was yet another turnover. I was convinced at that point that the Broncos had wasted too many opportunities. And yeah, just when you thought all hope was lost, this is what the Bills do. They finish strong. They remind you what they're capable of. Two receivers to the right, one to the left. We're here with two minutes to go. Here's the snap, fakes the handoff. Allen looking for the end zone, going to run it to the left pylon. Touchdown, Buffalo! Josh Allen uses those big daddy long legs. That's all you need to know. The big daddy long legs. Big daddy long legs. We just thought it would be great to cut it off right there. You don't need to hear anything else after Chris Brown says big daddy long legs on the Bills radio network. Oh, but it was just about to get juicy. The Broncos, again, not capitalizing on their opportunities. They leave too many points on the field. Bills take the lead. Uh, what was it, two minutes to go? I think it was 155 left in the game. The defense has been playing well for Buffalo. Broncos get the ball back. They're able to convert a third and six. Russell Wilson played really well. Number of times that he extended plays and avoided pressure and was able to find an open man. He looked fluid. Uh, he looks a lot better than he did a year ago. So they convert one-third and down, and then on their ensuing second down, so the Broncos get to a second down, there's a big sack. Forces a third and long for Denver. And Russell Wilson lobs this ball up in the air. He sees Jerry Judy behind his defense. He lobs the ball up in the air, 
And the Bills defender commits a pass interference penalty, grabs him, right? Trying to prevent the the easy TD. But that one was just as damaging. 30, a 30-yard 30 penalty, essentially. And right away, the Broncos are in field goal range. They kneel down once, kneel down twice, force the Bills to use the rest of their timeouts, and then weirdly enough, kneel down again. I don't know why. Our guest, Ross Tucker, who called the game with Kevin Harlan on Westwood One, said, why not just throw the ball out of bounds? That way you stop the clock. Instead, they do a Chinese fire drill, which is what I call it. They kneel down, cannot stop the clock, hustle their kicking team onto the field, only have seven seconds remaining at that point, and it looks like mass chaos. Like, that's honestly what's happening. It looks like total mass chaos. And now they got to hurry the team onto the field to try to kick a game-winning field goal. 15 seconds, 14 seconds. This is going to be a 41-yarder from the right hash. 10 seconds, 9 seconds, 8. Here's the snap. Hold is down. Kick is on the way. There's a flag on the play, and it's no good. What's the flag? 12 men on defense, five-yard penalty, still fourth down. So the field goal was no good, but it's negated by 12 men on the field. From the category of you can't make this stuff up, have you ever in your life seen too many men on the field, a penalty called against a team after its opponent missed what would have been a game-winning kick? Some of you have seen a lot more football than me. Never seen that before. Uh, inexplicable. And the face that Josh Allen makes. So his hands are on his head. And he's incredulous. Of course, then they have to stand there and watch Will Lutz line up for a second attempt. This ball spotted far hash at the 26, an attempt of 36 yards for the win. Lutz kicks it. On the way, and it is good! The Broncos can celebrate because they have come to Buffalo and upset the Bills by a final score of 24-22. to Dave Logan on Broncos Radio. Take nothing away from Denver. I know in sports radio, a lot of times we focus on the negative. It, it makes the more scintillating and and sexy discussions. But the Denver Broncos, long way to go. But the fact that they allowed the Dolphins to put 70 on them six weeks ago and did not fold up like a cheap tent, since then they've won four of six, including three in a row. They've beaten the Chiefs in a game in which the Chiefs had a bunch of turnovers, and now they beat the Bills in Buffalo. And so there is something to be said for making progress, for actually being able to gauge yourself against the better teams in your conference. I think Coach Payton has done a great job of, you know, changing this culture and really impacting us as, you know, as players. Uh, The whole coaching staff has been amazing. Um, You know, we're in this thing together. You know, we're battling together. We're fighting together. And, uh, you know, we we believe in us. You know, and I know Broncos country believes in us too. So Russell Wilson, not great numbers. You're not looking at 
eye-popping offensive player of the week type of performance. But the defense has played incredibly well. And this three-game win streak for the Broncos is their longest since early 21. And so Broncos fans will definitely take that. It's been some bleak seasons since Super Bowl 50. The Broncos have forced 16 takeaways in their last five games. Justin Simmons, by the way, longest tenured Bronco. And he picked off Josh Allen for his 30th career interception. I freaked out. I uh, went to go grab my helmet, went to go celebrate with Will, but then saw half our whole team was surrounding him. I said, well, I'm not going to get in there. And uh, this went around and, um, you know, shook a couple of guys' hands that I'm close with and uh, that I look up to and admire, you know. Um, and so it just feels so good to win, man. I'm just sitting here thinking about the adversity that we hit and, you know, how everyone kind of answered the bell there and just proud of this team. So Justin Simmons freaked out when the ball went through the uprights the second time. I heard an interview with Javante Williams on Westwood One. Uh, he was talking to Kevin and Ross after the game, and he actually said he he saw the first one go wide right and thought, dang, well, something along those lines, we lost. I mean, he thought they lost, and so he turned to grab his stuff, grab his helmet, and then realized that there's a flag on the play. Again, it, almost can't believe it. And I'll go back to what I said to start the segment. The Bills have no one to blame but themselves. No one. It's these mistakes that you cannot make if you want to be a contender in the NFL. We already know the margin for error is so slim on any given Thursday, Sunday, Monday. That's certainly the case. But the Bills are playing fast and loose with the football. And there's only one team in the NFL that has more turnovers than they do. And that's the Cleveland Browns. Right now, between interceptions and fumbles, they've got 18 turnovers this season. 18. That's the same as the Bears and the Raiders. And one fewer than the Browns. And keeping in mind that Deshaun Watson has not played the entire season. Josh Allen has. This is beneath you, Josh Allen. Yeah, you definitely have had turnovers in the past. And it's it's not just Josh. So that's unfair. James Cook, he had a big fumble early in this game. So it's not just Josh. Gabe Davis had the ball go off his hands. I mean, it was a dart. But he had a ball go off his hands that was then intercepted. Josh definitely does throw interceptions. We know that. He's a go big or go home. He'd rather go big, even if it means there's a few moments that he wants back. And generally, they can make up for it, but not this year. Their offense is down. I wouldn't say it's anemic. That's too strong. But they're not taking advantage of their opportunities either. And the slow start, the turnovers, they just leave them with very little room. And so when you have penalties like they did at the end, well, that's how it goes. And now you're five and five. And so, of course, Josh not happy. I mean, Sean McDermott might have been even more upset than Josh, if that's possible. We practiced two or three times that this week, the substitution from, from dime to field goal block. 
Uh, and at the end of the day, uh, we didn't execute it. So it's inexcusable. You can't turn the ball over, period, let alone four times. And field position can't start at the minus 40 or whatever it was, minus 41. That's, that's not good enough. I'm still confident, but it's no secret the clock's ticking, you know. Got to have some urgency now. What, what leaves you now. still confident in the offense after it's been so many weeks of kind of the same story here? Because we've done it before. I'm sure he didn't mean the now part, but that kind of jumped out at me. There's got to be a sense of urgency now. But in the AFC, we all knew coming in it was a stacked conference. We all knew that you were going to compete with the AFC North, with the Dolphins in your own division. Those are not big surprises. We knew the Jacksonville Jaguars had set themselves up last year. That's not a surprise. I mean, anybody surprised by the Chiefs anymore? If if you are, then that's your problem. This was always going to be a buzzsaw and a major battle just to make the playoffs. Forget win your own division for the fourth straight year. So why just the sense of urgency now? Because they certainly haven't played like it. Even if that's not what Josh meant, they definitely have not played with that sense of urgency. And they've dropped four of six. I mean... It's worth noting the Bills and Raiders have the same record. Oh, and you know who else is 5-5 five and five in the AFC? You ready? The Colts. I mean, come on. Bills fans, that's got to be insulting. Your team is the same record as the Colts, who started a rookie and now Gardner Minshew or Mishaw. I mean, some people don't even know his name, for heaven's sakes. The Colts are also well-coached. Uh, and they have Mishaw. <laughs> Very <Wait>. different offense with Mishaw. <laughs> Stop it. They have Mishaw, and you have Josh Allen. Very confident backup. <laughs> what is wrong with this picture? I mean, that's embarrassing that the Colts and the Bills have the same record. I can't be the only one who thinks that's embarrassing. Wait until you hear what Josh Allen... Wait until you hear what Ross Tucker has to say about Josh Allen. I was going to say, what do you hear the Allen synopsis from Ross Tucker, but it didn't quite come out, right? Me sure. (laughs) Stop it. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. On Twitter, A-Law Radio, how do you explain the bills? I'm open to suggestions. And also on our Facebook page. Thanks for joining us. Good morning to you. Even you, Bills Mafia. It'll be a good day, I promise. The sun will come out on Tuesday. Unless it snows in Buffalo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. It's 
After Hours CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. His heroics made us swoon this weekend. I'm the best ever. I am the greatest. Now it's time to name the After Hours Monday MVP. I Singletary motions out to the right. Empty backfield for CJ. On first and goal, Stroud gets the snap. CJ looking, scrambling forward. CJ on the run across the five. He's in! Touchdown, CJ Stroud. The quarterback with the touchdown run. And the Texans go back up two scores on Cincinnati. You can tune in to what everybody else is saying, and, but they're not in our shoes. We're the, we're the men in the arena. We're the one lacing it up, taking the hits, doing what we have to do to win. Um, and it, it's a process throughout the week, man. I know, like, shout out to our families, man. Like, we put in a lot of work, and our families uh, do a great job by supporting us. It's impressive to see a young kid, right, make mistakes and grow from it in the same game, right? And for us to be able to come out with a win after, you know, the, some mistakes that he made and still be able to win the game and learn from it, it's much better to correct that after a win than a loss. So really proud of CJ, and he's, he let me know that, hey, we got you. I think this is a first on After Hours. Back-to-back Monday MVP honors for the rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud. Yeah, everybody's talking about him. If you missed it, Micah Parsons is talking about him on his podcast. He actually is touting him as a top 10 quarterback in the NFL right now. Producer Jay, do you agree with that? I know that you had a, a bit of a visceral reaction in there to that statement by Micah. Um, I will say I agree with if we're talking about like literally right now, meaning quarterbacks who are healthy and unhealthy in the league. Mm. I, I think he is. I think he's top ten. I mean, like we've said, ten rookie quarterbacks have started or played this year. I think CJ Stroud. No, might be ten in the have, started have started this year. Yeah. Yes, uh, and so if you're talking about right now with Kirk Cousins out, with Aaron Rodgers out, with Daniel Jones exactly. out, although I I think there most people would probably take CJ Stroud over Daniel Jones right now. Um, yeah, if we're looking at the number of QBs that have missed time, Matthew Stafford's out, though he's expected to be back. Deshaun Watson is now dealing with an ankle. He's get he got an MRI. Uh, yesterday, so he could be out. So yeah, there there's a a real possibility that a lot of people would stick him in the top ten. Now overall, if we're talking full complement of quarterbacks, all right, he's above average. He has incredible potential. I need to see a little more than ten games. But the Texans are above five hundred, and that's huge. Mark Vandermeer with the calls back to back game winning drives in the final minute. And so the Texans are all the rage right now. D'Amico Ryans, if you missed my conversation with actually his former teammate, Seth Payne from our Houston affiliate, Sports Radio 610, uh, I put the link up on both Twitter and Facebook. Interesting stuff about D'Amico, knowing him personally, and also about C.J. Stroud and why it's clicking so quickly. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We'll get to Ross Tucker here after the update Uh, But a couple of other things that are worth noting for you. Jim Harbaugh does plan to speak, if they will allow him to, at the hearing to suspend suspension. (laughs) At the hearing to try to get his suspension tossed or at least delayed. The Big Ten has handed down the suspension. It happened Friday. He did have to miss the game against Penn State because they couldn't get into a court quickly enough. But now there is a hearing set for Friday and... Jim's not sure whether or not they'll allow him to testify, quote-unquote, on his behalf. But, man, he is all about it and fascinated with this core process. That's not my dance floor. 
you know, I'm not the uh, I'm not an attorney. Always wanted to be. You know, watched a lot of shows. Watched Judge Judy. You know, a lot. <laughs> oh my gosh. But uh, always kind of felt like it'd be cool to get up there and thunder away at a jury like Tom Cruise and uh, a few good men, uh, or be a judge like Judge Judy. But alas, I did not go to law school. Pop culture references he drops in there. We we won't mix in the part about chickens, though. It's it's really funny. He did not respond directly to the allegations that he violated the Big Ten sportsmanship policy by sending a former employer employee, excuse me, to other schools to scout, which is against the rules. You cannot send a coach to do advanced scouting or an actual scout. That's always been against the rules in the NCAA. So is this against the rules too? Former employee buys tickets as a fan, quote unquote. Except while it may not be a violation of the letter of the law, it's a violation of the spirit of the law. And so the Big Ten has tried to suspend him under the sportsmanship policy. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! (laughs) You want me on that wall! You need me on that wall! (laughs) Uh, So, by the way, Dallas is no longer America's team, at least according to Coach Harbaugh. It's got to be America's team. It's got to be America's team. America America loves a team that that, uh, beats the odds, beats the adversity. You know, overcomes what the naysayers and, you know, critics, so-called experts think. Um, that's my favorite kind of team. And, yeah, watching it from from that view on the television, I, it was finally people get to see what I see every day. He's always been quirky. He is definitely the, the Harbaugh brother who's out on the fringe a little bit. <laughs> and... Yet he can coach like nobody's business. You remember, or if you don't, I'll tell you, he was in the NFL. He was the coach of the San Francisco 49ers when they went to three straight NFC championship games. And he lost, essentially lost a peeing on the fire hydrant contest with Trent Bulky. Bulky was his boss and they did not see eye to eye and there was friction and it, there were two alpha males and you're never going to win that contest with your boss. And so he was let go. And the Niners have not been the same since until they brought in Kyle Shanahan. And then, of course, they found their quarterback. It took them a few years. Well, and then they had a bunch of quarterbacks they liked, but they kept getting injured. Maybe this is the year for the Niners to get back to the Super Bowl. But to win one would be an entirely different story. Gosh, it's been generations. One more from college football. Texas A&M. Athletics director Ross Bjork uh, finally spoke publicly about his decision to fire Jimbo Fisher. I determined at this point, and for, for lots of reasons, our program is stuck in neutral. We should be relevant on the national scene. Something is not clicking. Something is not working. And therefore, something had to give in order for Aggie football to reach our full potential. As leaders, every decision we make or every decision we don't make has consequences. Consistency in how the program operates on a daily basis impacts the confidence level 
of every single person in the program and thus influences performance. It is the pressure of the SEC to be sure. But here's the price tag. The buyout on Jimbo Fisher's contract, $76 million. The majority of college football coaches don't have contracts that approach that. But that's the buyout. Texas A&M is willing to pay him $76 million to skedaddle. To go away. And that's nearly triple any other known coaching buyout at a public school, right? So you're talking about money that is Texas A&M, part of the state system, and they can write it off, but that's how big their football budget and how powerful their football is that they're willing to pay this guy $76 million. And what Bjork went on to say is that it obviously means we need to make better decisions, at least investigate our decision-making process because the financial implications are, this is his word, monumental. $76 million to do jack. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence. If you want to vote for our TD of the week, you can find that poll on Twitter, After Hours CBS. Also, my Twitter or our Facebook page. How do you explain the Buffalo Bills? Ross Tucker attempts to do it. Coming up next. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Good snap. The right footer kick is away and good right through the middle. Dead solid perfect. And Denver wins it on a walk-off field goal 24-22. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. If you didn't hear the call before that with Kevin Harlan and Ross Tucker on Westwood One, you need to grab it because they are incredulous, like pretty much anybody else who is watching the final minute of Monday night football. The Bills squander this opportunity, and they lose in what is demoralizing fashion. And they're now 5-5. Five and five. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Had a chance to catch up with Ross while he was driving from Buffalo back home. And so we kept him company. He kept us company. It was really nice. Bring back part of the conversation, not all of it. The rest you want to get on the podcast. We will have that link po- uh, posted minutes after the show is done on our show Twitter, After Hours CBS, as well as our Facebook page. But here's his answer to the question of what is wrong with the Bills in 2023. Several things, right? Um, number one, uh, they just turned the football over way too much. Uh, four more tonight, two interceptions, two fumbles. And honestly, it could have been worse, Amy. I mean, Josh Allen threw a couple other passes that I thought were poor decisions, very much got in harm's way. And I, I did not like his decision to throw the football in those situations. So could have been even worse. And then, I mean, how about when James Cook is running down the middle of the field and the ball gets ripped out and bounces right back up to him? (laughs) I mean, he was crazy fortunate in that situation because it's an oblong ball. You never know what direction it's going to bounce. They turn the ball over too much. Even when they don't turn it over, they've got critical drops like we saw time and again Kincaid had one Latavius Murray obviously the Gabe Davis one that went through his hands I don't think that they're as talented as we think they are you know like Josh Allen's really talented 
Stephon Diggs is really talented. Gabe Davis is not like a really good number two receiver. I mean, think about some of the other good teams. Amy, he's not Devontae Smith, right? He's not, um, you know, Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk. You know, he's definitely a step below. The same with their third receiver, Shakir. So I, I think the Bills are not as talented as everybody seems to think that they are. I think that's another part of it. And I also don't love a lot of the things they do offensively with Ken Dorsey. It feels like a lot of times, even when they are having success running the ball, they don't stick with it. Why would they be taking a major step back from last season, though, Ross? Well, that's a good question. I think defensively it's a little bit because of Milano and Tredavious White. Offensively, I don't have a great explanation for that (laughs) other than the turnovers. Um, And I think other teams also have gotten a little bit of a better feel for how to defend this iteration of the Bills. It's interesting because we recently heard Kyle Shanahan talk about Brock Purdy and how he's willing to accept interceptions because he likes the fact that Brock is aggressive and he will air it out. He will sling it downfield. And I know there's some of that with Josh Allen and that Sean McDermott has said that in the past. The word that comes to mind is undisciplined across the board with an offense that shouldn't have so many problems. Yeah, um, you're exactly right. And here's the thing. Amy, you know, if you look at the amount of turnovers that Josh Allen's had over the last six years, the amount that he's had over the last two years, it's the most in the NFL. And so we're kind of at a point, he's a different player, and it's a different situation, but we're kind of at the Carson Wentz point. He's a better player. I'm not comparing him in that way. But what I mean is we're at the point where this is just who he is now. You know what I mean? Like, he's not going to fix it. It's not going to get better. I love him. I think he's a terrific player. He's very entertaining. All those things. But I think we just kind of have to acknowledge now at this point that he's going to turn the football over a lot. If he hasn't learned his lesson by now, he's just not going to. When you have a situation like the Jets do with Zach Wilson or even the Patriots do with Mac Jones right now, when you get frustrated, what do you do as someone who's watching this same scenario play out week after week after week? As a fan, as a player, as a what? As a player, yes, as a teammate. Oh, man, it's really, really frustrating. So it's funny, in any situation like that, Amy, it's like if you're a star player or a star receiver or whatever, you are incredibly frustrated, annoyed, all of those things. But for a guy like me, you're really just focused on yourself, right? Because you know when things are this bad, there's going to be changes. And you want to make sure that either you're not part of the changes or that if you are part of the changes, that you're able to get picked up by some other team. I mean, those things really go through your head. Certainly you wish Mac Jones was playing better or Zach Wilson, and and you're frustrated about that. But, man, you're thinking about what this means for your future moving forward because, you know, what's going to happen with Bill Belichick? What's going to happen with Salah? I mean, I, I think people think he's safe, but I don't know. I don't know that he is. Probably is because Aaron Rodgers got hurt. So, 
that's kind of the excuse if the Jets don't make the playoffs this year, and maybe understandably so. But that's absolutely the thought going through your head as a as a pro athlete. It's it's like self preservation. The Detroit Lions they have assumed a brand new identity under Dan Campbell. What do you see with them that's so different from the Lions in the past? Like everything. I mean, they're exciting. They're fun to watch. Uh, they believe. Alex Anzalone, their star linebackers from my hometown, I talked to him a bunch, and I think Dan Campbell, his belief in those guys, uh, the way that he's authentic and genuine, his passion – I think that really does go a long, long way and that he deserves a lot of credit for their success. It's like he believes in them, Amy. And we all need people in life that believe in us and and he believes in those guys and what they're doing. And I think they feed off of his confidence a little bit. I really do. Could that same thing be happening in Vegas with Antonio Pierce? Yes, and ironically, it's funny. Both of those guys are former teammates of mine. <laughs> wow. Um, and Antonio and I were uh, undrafted rookie free agents with Marty Schottenheimer together in 2001 in Washington. And then Dan and I were together in Dallas in 2003. And uh, there's a lot of similarities between them in terms of their sort of their confidence, their swagger, their passion the way they carry themselves. And uh, I'm not surprised they're both having the success that they're having right now. I think players like when you're honest with them. I think players like when they know you don't have to be a former player. You know, Belichick's had a lot of success without being a former player. But I think it kind of helps knowing this guy's kind of done what we're doing. Ross Tucker, you can hear him occasionally on Monday Night Football, uh, though generally he does – Sunday night football. Sometimes I hear him on Thursdays on Westwood One. Uh, and he's also done some games on CBS. Most notably, though, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. And if you want to catch the rest of that conversation, we cover the AFC North. We talk about C.J. Stroud. And then the incredible development that is Josh Dobbs. And he actually has a personal story about how he got signed and had to start the very next week and how challenging and difficult it is. So make sure you check out the rest of that podcast. We post it minutes after the show is done on our show Twitter after our CBS, our Facebook page. While you're there, vote for TD of the week. So that will run all the way through today. We're already to our hump show well, I mean, we will be the next time we talk to you. Middle show of the work week. I promise stories. I've got some good ones. Oh, and I better not find any dead squirrels in my shed when I clean it out today. It's After Hours, CBS Sports Radio. Boom! Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 